0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Come in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, 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 money. investing more. From time to time, I like to stretch my legs a little bit and go into content directions a little bit different. Mohammed El-Aryan is one of those chief economic advisor types he's one of those people who's been around long enough that people look at him and say talk when it comes to money he told cnbc it's not surprising to see a recent spike in market volatility okay we can measure market volatility on the vix that's because the fed has been very insistent he says with its plan to raise interest rates this year and next without saying a single soothing word Hallelujah. More true words could not be said, my friend. The Fed seems very insistent. They're marching rates higher. A lot of truth. No single soothing words like if things go start to slow or if inflation doesn't show, I'll take my foot off the gas. It comes as, as financial markets have been hit hard right now. October is not the greatest month. It's the month of drama. So, of course, you know me. I want to save the drama for Lens and Llamas. He's in charge of drama in my administration. But you have a route going on in emerging markets, and people go, my 401k is going down. What should I do? I don't want to lose money. I'm going to sell. Instead of a month ago when you're at an all-time high of, I want to make money. I want to sell. And when it's on the down, hey, it's down. I want to, I want to buy more. So L. Arian's saying stuff that, that that's very, very true, that it could get worse before it gets better, that we probably have it likely bottomed. The U.S.-China trade war is big headlines. You've got a route in emerging market currencies. You've got rising borrowing costs across the United States and the world. You've got the Federal Reserve buying back debt that it had issued to itself so it can go out and buy securities and lower things like mortgage rates. So that punch bowl is leaving the party. Do you know when the punch bowl leaves the party? That did not make sense to me. It did not make sense to me when I was 18. I was like, let the punch bowl go. Who needs punch anyway? So I was like, 25, let the punch bowl go. Who needs punch anyway? And then once you have kids, you're like, keep the punch bowl. Daddy needs to get a good buzz going. Don't take the punch bowl away. So a lot of people think, you know, the punch bowl is being taken away. The cheap credit is being taken away from Wall Street, right? Federal Reserve has already hiked rates three times this year. There's going to be a fourth hike in December. There was a couple last year. There's at least a couple expected for next year. So, have you been investing in the thesis? The low interest rate party cake. The low interest rate party cake is is the interest rates already baked in, and it's starting to leave the realm. Get your slice now, because the next cake that they make is going to be more expensive. <laughs> party cake, um, patent pending. CFP. I don't know what that even means. So, when you look at the interest rate differentials between Germany and the U.S. You see a lot of pressure on foreign markets. Like Germany's more—I'm not going to say have a, for, a foreign market. I'm not going to say you have a emerging market, but uh, they ain't got the U.S. consumer. So you can't underestimate liquidity. You can't underestimate a bad month getting worse. It's going to happen. And I'm kind of happy that it does happen. Now, what you can't underestimate is how stupid you are. Don't underestimate how stupid you are. Don't sell at a bottom low. And don't retire and, and start converting everything immediately. There's the Van X Vector Semiconductor ETF closed down 6.7%, the biggest downturn in the group since November 2008. Semiconductors, the semiconductor group includes semiconductor manufacturers. They're a big te- oh, the feature of technology. Right now we're seeing an overall slowing in the number of chip sales and profits. So what are we creating here? You don't want to retire in a down market. It can mean two-thirds less money. Like I said, there aren't stupid people. There aren't stupid questions. There's just stupid people who are really, really confused. Retiring at the right or wrong time can be a game changer. A lot of people are worried about down markets. I'm worried about missing out up markets. I'm worried about I wish I would have had more time to be involved in the markets. I'm not worried about down markets. They come and they go. I have no anxiety about them. And if I did, I would just stay in the state of California because apparently there's going to be some kind of marijuana created, whether it be water or soda or candy, that'll create and soothe my anxiety. All right, all right, all right. So you got to get protected sources of income, and you got to start thinking when you're 45, you know, I'm going to be 50 in five years, and I better start thinking about this retirement thing. You don't have to do it until you're 50. And you can totally deny, you could say I'm 44, I still look 34. But when you turn 45, you got to go, time to buckle up and say, in, in, in five years, I'm going to have to take this retirement thing seriously. So that's out there. S&P 500 drops into a correction. Correction is somewhere between 5 and 10% typically. Then you get a bear market somewhere between 20% and more. So that's when people start like really freaking out. Now, I like bear markets. I can't lie. But as I get older, I'm going to start going, I don't need another bear market. I've seen plenty. Thank you. Just lock lock me up in the basement, kids. You heard me mandate it once on the show. You're allowed to do it. So I think that would be the biggest mistake that I can make. Um, So you don't, bad markets are okay. Right now, we still have great employment numbers in the United States. So the bad markets can be tempered. Until you start seeing massive layoffs at Facebook or Google, and that could happen, or Amazon. Amazon's going to fire all their robots, and the robots are going to go to the back break room. Grab robot swords and grab robot rifles and grab robot tools and and destroy
0: mankind.
1: We know that's coming, which is nice. We got that going for us. Not only is our planet going to go hurling into the sun one day. But robots are going to take us over before then, and they're going to have a great party on the way out. That's what I've heard. So, 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. The US GDP was 3.5% in the third quarter. Now, put that on top of October being a rotten, crappy month. Put that on top of nine years of bull market. The bull market's a little tired, the valuations are a little stretched. Gloria Gaynor, you know, having that cake, taking it so long to bake. And you'll never have that recipe again. Why wouldn't she have the recipe again? Why? Not just you take a picture of the recipe. That's what I do. Now you're saying, you're a piece of work today, Mr. Black. Um. So the economy growing grown at three and a half percent. We're seeing a little bit of weakness in autos. We're seeing a little bit of weakness in, in home builders. We're seeing a little bit of stress from tariffs. We're seeing a little bit of like, when does this trade war with China end? And it's having a real material impact. You're hearing companies like Walmart and Dollar General and uh, Mohawk. Mohawk uh, does flooring for houses. And you're saying that's totally different than Walmart. That's right. And uh, again, it's just a very big reminder, in my opinion, that there's some issues. And this time last year, we we're going. Ooh, we got tax cuts coming. We got tax cuts coming. We're going Largo. We're going Largo. We're gonna get, we're gonna live life like like uh, the swinging thirties and. No. The tax cuts were okay, but they're also taking away from our, our or they're adding to our deficit and taking away from any momentum our economy had just by juicing it. We have a juiced economy right now, that's why we're going at three and a half percent. Little killer taking us to break. John McCarthy from Barracuda should be coming up. We'll see about that. Uh Captain of the Barracuda. The number one first place Barracuda. You can find me on play online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Seminar coming up. You can go to Rob Black's show and use the code radio25 to get in for free. Got one coming up in San Jose in November. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. It's Friday, so it's time for the Ice Hockey Report, which I'm always excited by. We are the voice of the San Jose Barracudas. You heard every game streaming on our site, streaming on their sites as well. You can find us at, um, well, you can find them at SJ Barracuda. You can find us at Biz. Joining me now, left wing and captain of the San Jose Barracuda, the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. How are you, Mr. John McCarthy?
2: I am doing well. How are you? Good. This is your second
1: year on. Last year you went to the Olympics, so maybe this year you'll get a Calder Cup.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hopefully.
1: So you're off to your best start of the year. You're captaining a team that's a, a good ship so far. You're five one oh and one. You just got your first loss against Stockton, which I'm a little upset about, but that's okay. I've got a personal <laughs> issue with Stockton. Um how do you how do you captain a ship when it's so it's it's starting off so strong, Mr. McCarthy?
2: Um, you know what, I think I think at this point in the season, you know, it's great. It's Our, our record is great, but, uh, you know, I think it's it's more about the quality of our play and, and kind of what we're doing on the ice to uh, come together as a team. And, you know, I think in addition to having a good record, I think we're doing a good job of, you know, guys coming in uh, from all different junior teams, all different schools, and, and we've really become a team and, and guys have bought into the roles that uh, that they're supposed to fulfill. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of translating right now um, into some wins for us. So so it's all, it's all positive right now.
1: You've been around the AHL for 10-plus years. Now this is your third with the Sharks. I think you've logged something like 500 games. Congratulations. Um, what makes, Thank you. What makes this team unique to you from the other ones that stand out in the past?
2: Um, you know, this team reminds me a lot of our team. We had a team two years ago <clears throat> here in San Jose. Um, Going into the season, we were basically a big question mark because we had so many new players and first-year players, um, much like this year. And that team actually had a a good amount of success. We actually ended up making the Western Conference Finals, which is the furthest back personally gone in the playoffs. So I see a lot of similarities, but I think it might be a little bit too early to, uh, you know, kind of compare, you know, you know, later in the season, games get a little harder, and playoffs are a completely different animal. So, um, But, you know, as of right now, I, I see things moving in the right direction, and, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to be a part of it.
1: Sounds like fun. My family shares season tickets for the San Jose Sharks. We come to two uh-huh. or three Barracuda games per year. The buzz from the season ticket holders, and I'm not as knowledgeable as some of these guys are, the buzz is the Barracuda are pretty darn good and that there's a lot of young players that are going to be breakout stars. Are you feeling that energy?
2: I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I think uh, you know the scouting staff and the developmental staff have done a great job of getting the right people here. Um, I think we've got some great players, and, and almost equally as important, they're, they're good. They're good guys as well. Um, you know, they're good guys in the locker room, and everyone's kind of hanging out together right now, which is a good sign at this point in the season. Um, and yeah, you know, I think I think uh, Sharks fans are going to see a, a good amount of our guys kind of going up and at least playing some games this year, and, and you know, hopefully at one point uh, establishing themselves on that team. So, you know, I think I think that uh, you know helps. It helps that uh, the 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 NHL team is so close by because um, it makes it that much more kind of tangible for for the younger guys here.
1: It's pretty exciting stuff. Every time a Barracuda gets called up to the Sharks. You kind of lose one of your best players for a little while, but you kind of hope that he succeeds and hope that you get your call up. And uh, it's truly amateur and it's competitive. It's not amateur. It's 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 truly competitive, and it's uh, it's fun to watch from a distance. And uh, watching the young goalies, you know, to, does Martin in the big leagues ever go down? Does the young guy ever get a shot? There's a little bit of a Hollywood drama in the locker room on occasion. Correct?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's uh. You know that's kind of life in the American League. Uh, you can kind of have a one team one weekend, and you know just the next weekend for your next game, you might have a completely different lineup just because <clears throat> you know injuries happen both for us and for for the Sharks. And when that happens, uh, you know they, they come to us for for guys to go up there and, and fill a spot. So, um, but <clears throat> you know what, that's that's kind of way, the way this league works, and and you know I'm used to it, and uh, you know it's just kind of an adjustment for the new guys.
1: So it's interesting and the more things change with the young players, the more they stay the same with the coaching staff Roy Sommer and the general manager for the Sharks and the Barracudas and the, the, the upper level management's been pretty consistent. Does that help your structure as a captain going forward?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think uh, I know, you know, what's expected of of us as a team and and of me individually. Um, and you know, I, I kind of just fill that role um, that I've that I've done, you know, since I got here. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, like you said, it's a bit of a constant. And uh, you know, we know the way that we need to play. We know, you know, what, what what's expected of of us on the ice. And uh, so, you know, it kind of takes uh, takes a little bit of pressure off off us because we you know we, we have that uh, that kind of stability.
1: You got a couple games coming up in Texas so you're in Texas right now tonight you're playing the San Antonio Rampage tomorrow night the Texas Stars. What's it like being on an AHL bus down in Texas uh driving from <laughs> city to city? Pretty glamorous, huh?
2: Um yeah, it's it's a little different. It's uh you know, it's uh, like I said I'm I'm used to it by now but uh you know, it's definitely uh well, most of the guys came from junior so you know they they have extremely long bus rides so Right. These are probably considered short for them. But, uh, yeah, we, we actually spend a little bit less time on the bus when our team used to be in Worcester, and almost every game was just a day trip. You know, you'd go in the morning and play and then come back um, after the game. But here, you know, we had a lot more hotel nights and, and staying over, and, you know, I think that's good for team chemistry. You guys go out to dinner together and kind of hang out away from the rink and uh, kind of enables uh, enables the guys to, to uh, get to know each other a little better quicker.
1: So the next home game, and I highly endorse and uh, suggest people come out. I come out with my two kids, my wife, and uh, it's it's great entertainment. It's super top-notch promotions. It's the SAP Center. It's great parking. It's great restaurants in San Jose. The next game is San Antonio Rampage, Friday, November 2nd um, at 7. So it's a couple we- oh, uh, it's about a week-plus away. Um, anything we should be looking forward to for the rest of the season, John?
2: Um, I think I think you know our team is something to get excited about. I think we get, uh, like I said, I, I keep kind of reiterating, a young team, but I think we got a lot of speed and a lot of skill, and you know it's uh, we're a fun team to watch. We've been putting up a good amount of offense, and our goalies have been playing great. So um, you know, uh, hopefully things stay stay constant, and uh, you know we give the fans a good game.
1: Way nicer to get those wins and those points early versus trying to squeak into the playoffs like last year, huh?
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know, this kind of a saying in hockey, you kind of put the points in the bank and you know, no one can really touch them. So, you know, it's good to good to get some wins early in the season and uh, you know, in, in my career, teams that I've played on have tended to start it a little bit slower and kind of feel things out a little bit before we start rolling, but uh, you know, it's always good to kind of get the ground running and give ourselves a little bit of breathing room.
1: You're pushing for the Red Sox. I would imagine the World Series being from Boston.
2: I am, yeah. yeah. I've watched uh, the first two games, and I, th- I believe Game 3 is tonight. it so, 's true. Um, probably won't be able to watch it, but I'll be checking the score after the game for sure.
1: John, be safe. Have a great season with the Barracuda. You are the captain of the Barracuda. That's pretty darn cool. You did represent the United States and uh, the United States Olympics ho- hockey team. That's pretty awesome. Thanks and good luck. It's sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. I have some tickets I'm going to give away a little later in the show for the Barracuda, but you can check them out at sjbarracuda.com. Great family entertainment. I'd love to see them catch on fire and win a Calder Cup this year. It'd be something to talk to the kids about one day. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hey, I'm Rob Black. You're not. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Money investing and more. I'm a little barracuda, and let me let me give away some barracuda tickets right here, right now, while it's still fresh on our mind. It's John McCarthy. I feel bad for him. I know I'm not a sports center kind of guy. I'm not a Dan Patrick asking the right questions. Woo-hoo! So, when you had that shot on goal, did your heart rate go up or did it go down? Barracuda are off to a best 5-1-0-1 start. That's five wins, one loss in regulation, one loss in a shootout. So, they've got points in, six out of seven. Not too shabby. So, um, winner receives four tickets to San Jose Barracuda versus Colorado Eagles Sunday, November 18th. This is the Sunday before Thanksgiving fun Sunday November 18th at 5 p.m. SAP Center in San Jose Four tickets there is also a Cleveland Barons game night which is a replica Jersey giveaway for first 4,000 fans San Jose Barracuda versus Colorado Eagles night Uh, for tickets and more go to SanJoseBarracuda.com that's SanJoseBarracuda.com Four tickets no previous winners no one named Corey and um no one from Krypton. Winning. You can call 800-516-1220 to get those tickets for Sunday night, 5 p.m. Okay, someone from Krypton could win. Music gets me every time. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Sustainable investing. Sustainable investing. We live in a funny world, don't we? You have no right to criticize the president unless you voted. You have no right to... And people have rights to do whatever they want. And I've got a friend. Well, we all have friends who are some of them are environmental, you know, evangelists, and some are environmentally irresponsible. And there's probably a lot in between. So why not consider environmental investing, sustainable core ETFs? You can check out a lot of names in this world. The ESG USA small cap is ticker symbol ESML. There's kind of a mid cap, like it just doesn't translate well into great radio, global green economy, investing in global green. But when you are more global and you're more social, you tend not to get, and this is going to sound horrible. You tend not to get the Harvey Weinsteins of the world when you're saying, let's be a responsible board. Let's have some women on the board. Let's have some people of color on the board. So I don't think it's a bad thing if you want to stick to your environmental guns, per se. I would just be realistic and say, you know, in the end, is investing about investing or is investing about doing the right thing with your dollar? Or is there happy compromise? Or is one more right than the other? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We've had some big Um, reactions in the stock market to earnings season. A lot of people think we've probably hit peak earnings. A lot of people think we've probably hit peak valuations. Eight, nine years ago, you can buy an S&P 500 stock for 12 times earnings. Now it's 17, 18, 19 times earnings. So you got that going out there for you, right? All good stuff. You have the market starting to turn and starting to be pretty obvious that it's not rallying into strength. It's not dead cat bouncing. You're starting to see companies like um, big companies talk about you know their next quarter in 2019. And most of them are saying 2018 is okay. 2019 might be more of a problem. Changing landscapes in digital TV. Old digital TV packages are starting to turn sour because of flagging growth and bad margins. This could mean that the financial pain for TV networks, which we're counting on them to help offset some of the losses that they take from the decline of traditional pay TV packages on cable and satellite... It's a tough, tough, tough time to be a traditional broadcaster because the content costs are going crazy. You got people like me who have never seen um, a show on ABC, NBC, CBS, and primetime in five years. But if you take a look at the earnings so far, AT and T reported its earnings and its direct TV numbers raised some eyebrows around the industry. AT and T lost 359,000 satellite TV subscribers more than expected. But worse, growth of its digital TV service slowed. So we're getting to a point where I'm not financially strapped, but let's say I was financially strapped. There's no chance I have cable. I was looking at a cable bill the other day. It was $200, and I was like, what is in this? And it's a lot of those packages of digital TV services. Do you want the sports package? And then there's also taxes. Like There's a regional sports fee, $7 per house. I don't know. (laughs) Sounds to me like... Some people are going to say, we don't need that. So a lot going on right here, right now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A lot of culture talk this year and last year on Wall Street. And, you know, it's like Google is probably the number one company at this point in time who's having a big problem with culture. They're working with the Chinese to get back into China. But to work with Chinese means you're working with the Chinese government who, if they don't like the opinion of a journalist, that journalist may disappear. And Google's employees are like, no, no, we can't do that. Excuse me for sounding, if that made the Google employees sound uppity. I wasn't trying to make them sound uppity, but it shows that there's a a culture rub. And then Google had an employee at the Kavanaugh hearings who was in support of Kavanaugh, sitting two rows behind him. And everyone's like, why, why is that person even there and not throwing like ink on Kavanaugh? Um, and then there's this human resources issue, a woman at Google with whom Rubin was in a relationship, accused him of pressuring her into uh, a sexual act recently. So Andy Rubin, Google's board of directors approved a $150 million stock grant for Andy Rubin a few weeks after the company's human resources opened an inquiry into him. So you got a lot going on right now at Google. And the question is, is the culture? One thing I'm going to tell you, this is going to sound crazy. We've studied the culture of millennials, and they're crazy. You could ask a millennial, which would you rather do, travel around the world for a year or give up sex for the rest of your life? They're like, travel around the world for a year? I'll take that.
2: Right? Good. You're
1: like, that's changed. So culture is really, really important. Millennials want to work at a company that does try to do something different and better. They want to be socially, environmentally correct. Um, You know, Google CEO at one point in time, Eric Schmidt, once retained a mistress to work as a company consultant, hired from like uh, the adult entertainment industry. And if you Google CEO Eric Schmidt and just open relationship, it's pretty well documented that as a billionaire, he lives a pretty extravagant lifestyle of the oh rich my, and famous. Oh my. Sergio Brin dated an employee in 2014 and said... I have every right to. She works for me. And it's kind of like that Louis C.K. moment where when you're struggling artists, struggling artists do stupid things, but when you're an artist with power over talking over other artists who are struggling, you don't do stupid things in front of them anymore. So so says Sarah Silverman in her defense of Louis C.K. Interesting times, right? Google CEO Sundar Pashai responded to the article. Um, He wrote a letter to employees. It's been circulated that they've fired 48 people at Google recently. They've let them go with no severance because of improper sexual relationships. I know you're saying, did you say 48 or did you say four to no, I said 48. So that's a cultural issue where you go to work and you literally put like a raincoat around your body and like, please don't talk to me. And you're you're afraid of talking to people. So, it's not the first time that there's been blunt firings and CEOs and trying to clean up messes of employees. CEO Reed Hastings oversaw a management team that used a keeper test to decide whether employees would be invited to stick around. Sounds harsh, but ultimately, it was preferable to handing a $90 million exit package to a, Lester harass, to a harasser. So, with great money and great companies come great stock options. With great stock options comes great power. And you're seeing that there's a cultural issue in a lot of companies right now. Snapchat's user base is sinking. And now, you know, Snapchat's like, oh, we're all about the 18 to 35-year-old. We're all about the 18 to 35-year-old. Their CEO now that their stock's playing with a $5 price tag
0: Oh snap!
1: said, we may want to start focusing on that 35 year and older crowd. And listen to this. The crowd that has poor internet connectivity, you have an app that, that sucks internet connectivity. It's gonna be hard to say. Let's reverse course and say let's let's downplay things and, and uh, Snap's in trouble. Amazon's in revenue and profit forecast disappointed, sending the stock down. Sales are expected to be sixty six to seventy two billion in the fourth quarter. Do you like Amazon twenty percent cheaper than it was at its all time high, or do you like Amazon more at its all time high? It's like do you like yourself when you're running a six minute mile training to get to that five minute mile? Or do you only like yourself at that five-minute mile? Body dysmorphia stuff going on. Which one is it? Which one is it? Do you like stocks when they're a little unattractive, or do you only like them when they're attractive? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money. Investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. All right, all right, all right. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I want a revolution. You want a short solution? Whoa. I want babies. Babies are our future. Literally, our financial future, right? The barrier is so expensive yeah. that employees at Apple, Uber, Google, and other tech giants are putting off having kids. The only people I know that have kids have basically been the people who used to work in Web 1.0. Companies like Yahoo and Excite and Lycos and... Pets.com, and they're, you know, they've kind of bled through the system and they're washed up. And they're like, oh, we can finally have kids. We're washed up. And then I see some new hotshots, and they're typically, you know, the first hundred employees at Facebook, Amazon, Google. But a lot of employees who aren't in line for the stock option bananas and free fall are putting off having kids. San Francisco Bay Area is so expensive that more than half of tech employees. From Amazon to Apple, say they incre- the increased cost of living has caused them to delay starting a family. Now, again, I started the segment by saying I want to make babies because babies are future taxpayers and babies cause economic activity. If your kid plays soccer, it's an expense. If your kid goes to school and it's a private school, it's a crazy expense. And it, it hires more teachers and it hires more you know people to get books. And it hires more people to take care of your kid's ankles after the shin guards get kicked and Swiped and kicked out from underneath them. Delaying having kids is a nationwide trend at $230,000. The average cost to raise a child at uh, all-time high right now, right? So, but a kid, if you think about it, not only are we going to spend $230,000 post-tax money on them, which is what, three hundred and let's 330000 say $330, $340,000 that you've had to earn now and pay taxes on. These kids aren't cheap. They'll give you the flu. People are saying, I don't want the flu, I want to go on vacations, and $340,000 is way out of my budget for 18 years. So now the problem is, is that kid, you know, he goes out and gets a job after college and pulls in 100K, he's paying $30,000 taxes, so he's starting to pay his share to help you now as you move from paying for all his after-tax school and costs, you're starting to move to retirement, and you're like, hey, I need an old folks home. And you don't have enough money for it, so the government ponies up some of it, potentially. Not much. Shared room, not good. Lots of problems there. So we need these future taxpayers. I know, I know. So if you could do me a favor, and instead of giving them comic books and soccer balls, potentially you can give them, like, um, oh, say, a, a book on calculus and maybe an abacus or something to practice. What kid doesn't want an abacus, by the way? That's what I always have to say. It's not, you know, I don't want to be the jerk dad who gives your kid, like, drums and trumpets for their Christmas holidays. I don't even know what that means, but I love it. So Netflix CEO said something kind of interesting when they had their earnings call. He said, streaming has five to ten years left of major growth before the company needs to start worrying. Wow. If you've ever fantasized about a potential Netflix video game service, a Netflix smartphone, or a Netflix movie theater, don't hold your breath. CEO Ray hastings ain't going that direction, so he says. Company cares about one thing, streaming video, and they're going to focus on that. The streaming market is getting increasingly crowded with AT&T, with Apple, with Disney, with Facebook all rushing in. Netflix isn't worried. They think five to ten more years of growth. I have to kind of agree. When one of my friend's kids plays Fortnite, and his kid watches Fortnite on his iPad when the game's loading, or when he dies and waits for his buddies to revive... So success is attracting a lot of companies. Disney and Apple are going to be big-time competitors in Netflix. It's thought that Apple could do something very similar to Amazon and just say, hey, if you want to buy one of our $999 phones, we'll give you free video. Kind of like Amazon says, if you want to buy one of our Amazon Prime, $120 a year, $12 a month, whatever it is, we'll give you Prime for free. Do you kind of see the mathematics of this? I do. And then you see people like Roku who have kind of a bastardized model of not exactly commercial-free, but they got the commercial-free stuff. You want to put your Amazon account on, you want to put your Netflix account on, Roku's like, fine, we don't mind. But we're also going to have a Roku channel that has commercials in it that has free entertainment. If you can call... Bonanza and Gunsmoke for entertainment. <laughs> I can't. <clears throat> hey, Hoss. Hoss is all lonely. He's a 50-year-old ranch hand living by himself in the barn. What up with
0: that? That's terrible.
1: Timmy's fallen down a well. I think we should check with Hoss, right? He's my first guess. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Inheritances. This is something we should all think about. You know, we just talked about having a kid's $230,000 after-tax money. Pre-tax money, it's probably like three hundred forty, three hundred fifty thousand. 350000 Do you want your kids to inherit money? Do you want anyone other than your kids to inherit money? Have you written it down? Have you talked to anyone? I think you should have someone in your life who helps you plan. And if you're going to leave a big inheritance for someone, a lot of times it's the grandmother who leaves it for the grandchildren. And the grandchildren have no clue that grandmother had so much money. And they had no clue that grandma knew, you know, what she was doing financially. And they don't know what they're doing financially. Inheritance is a sticky image, a sticky situation. Like, the worst thing you can do is blow someone's inheritance, in my opinion. But then again, they gave it to you for a reason. Maybe it was to see you blow it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Got a big seminar coming up in November in San Jose. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25 to get into one or two events.